Welcome back, Cryptonauts, to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Jake Jabarelli, and with me today is my co-host, Blockchain John, who's normally the host. <laughs> let's uh, let's find out how how things been, John. How you doing? Hey, all good, man. Um, actually, it was an exciting weekend, and I'm getting ready to go on vacation here. And um, what I did yesterday was I went I I went to the, there was a Braveland event yesterday. Um, or should I say a Ravencoin event um, in Braveland. So for those that have don't know what Braveland is, it's just a metaverse for the Ravencoin community. Uh, it's a cool place to go hang out. And there's a video. I uploaded a video, uh, 43 minutes long. Um, it is on the C3 Media uh, YouTube channel. Check it out. Uh, after that, I went to Super Happy Dev House Meetup uh, over in uh, Mountain View. That was another uh, meetup. You know, now that things are starting to open up here in the Bay Area in California. Um that was like the first in-person meetup and there was a lot of people out there so there's another video i uploaded of what was going on it was just a bunch of people trying to just get in together just 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 networking uh just like the old days man it felt good meeting up with a, a bunch of fellow um uh, cool people you know yeah yeah that's awesome i'm glad you had those opportunities before you take off on yet another adventure <laughs> so um yeah for me it's it's been uh very busy in the office lots of things going on and uh, um i don't want to call i don't want to talk about it it's just financial woes i guess it's the best thing best way to put it without having to go into great detail but hey you know the market's up and that's a great segue into what we are typically doing at this time of the show which is talking about the, the current market at the top 10 uh coin gecko uh, sponsored, well, not sponsored, it's just CoinGecko, who's, um, who we use to redo the top 10, uh, coin stats of the day. Do you want to do that today? Or you want me to do it? Or scissors, rocks, ready? All right, all right. Scissors, rocks. Oh, okay. Scissors. Got papers. All right, I guess I'm doing it. All right. <laughs> uh, I still think we should do, um, was it rock, say, rock, paper, scissors, litters, buck? But, anyways. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Maybe in the future. Uh, okay, so starting with CoinGecko, I just did a refresh here. And uh, of course, Bitcoin is on the top as it always is and always has been. And I can't say that's always going to be the truth. So we'll see in the future if something takes over Bitcoin's dominant position, which is currently 39% of the entire market. 46,496 and 67 US dollars, uh, 0.67 US dollars. A 4.5% week long gain to a market cap of $883.5 billion. Got a funny looking little dragon uh, over the last seven days. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, Ethereum at 3501.89 in US dollars. It's at 11.5% gain. Holy crow, that's quite a bit more. It's more than double what. Bitcoin's gain has been in the last week to a $421.0 billion market cap. And just so you know, that's 18.6% of the current market. Tether, it's just a stable coin, hasn't really moved very much, as it almost never does. And its market cap is currently $82.5 billion. Although I'd like to admit, point out that the 24-hour volume of Tether, which is very typically very high, is $50 billion compared to Bitcoin's 18 and Ethereum's $12 billion. Binance Coin or BNB is currently at 448.22, a 7.8% week-long gain, and a 75.4 billion dollar market cap. 
USD coin is currently at fifth position. It is also a stable coin, it doesn't move very much either. It is currently a market cap of 51.7 billion with only a 2.9 billion dollar volume, quite a bit lower than all the others. Although Binance was lower than that. Solana is currently in seventh, or probably sixth position at 136.05, a 33.8% seven day gain. Oh my goodness, that is insane. 44.3 billion dollars. A precision seven, which is Ripple and is also in the news today. Uh, 0.84 US dollars and a 1.5% seven day gain to 40.6 billion dollar market cap. Terra is currently in eighth position at 112.34 US dollars, a 22.9% gain in the last week, which is comparable to Solana. A current market cap of 39.7, hanging out just behind Ripple, not even a billion dollars behind. It's very close on this relative scale. Cardano in ninth position, the ADA, 1.18 US dollars, a 2.8% week long gain, and a 37.9% billion dollar market cap again not very far behind Terra and Avalanche rounding out the top 10 it's currently at $97.11 a 12.8% double digit gain and $25.9 billion market cap and then as I've often said 11 12 13 14 15 position Polkot is really close behind Avalanche currently 25.4 billion which is barely half a billion dollars behind um, 11% game. I'm going to talk about all of them bigger. We got Dogecoin, the Binance Coin, Terra USD, uh, pardon me, Binance USD, Terra USD, and Shiba Inu are all in the same positions they were last time we read this chart. And so, let's head up here to the top and talk about the total market cap. Currently, 2.61 trillion US dollars, 0.2% 24-hour gain. And if you haven't already, please collect your candies. Uh, I don't have uh, this account not signed in, but you can. I, I'm at about 13,000 candies right now. But uh, that's just because I continue to collect every single day. Every single day I hit the number. I hit the plus 20, plus 30, plus 40, plus 60, plus 100. Each time you remember, you get more until it resets. And you can, of course, use those candies for buying all kinds of um, PDF-based books or... Um, we have NFTs that you can get, and as well as discounts off a number of interesting services. So check out your candies. Make sure to collect them every single day. I know we don't do the podcast every day, so you probably wouldn't remember unless you were watching the show. So it's up to you to you know, get on to CoinGecko and collect your candies. Anyways, uh, Jake, let me, uh, go ahead. Jake, one thing. What, what, what I've been noticing um, is the Bitcoin dominance yesterday was at 38%. Today it's at 39%. And Ethereum hasn't really been moving much. It's been settling at about 18, 18 to 20%. So it means that uh, the others, you know, the other blockchains have actually been gaining, gaining momentum. And uh, let's see. Let me jump back. Altcoin spring. Why altcoin uh, spring? <laughs> Maybe you know uh, BNB Solana, uh, like you said, uh, uh, Terra Cardano Avalanche. So those all those guys are picking up, man. They're picking it up. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, there's we'll quite, what quite happens a quite here. You uh, scroll further down, you can see uh, near protocol. They're at 19 position. Is almost 30 percent gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was another one? V Chain is in 34th position, 23.8 percent gain, and uh, Filecoin. Well, Filecoin's been doing oh, Filecoin and Waves are both doing 30 percent plus gains. So yeah, it's definitely an altcoin season out there. Um, but you... but 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 every every year at this time of year, around April, around springtime, you know, uh, or summertime, yeah, this is this is when um, 
and Bitcoin actually does bounce back up. Uh, as a matter of fact, here in a couple of days, uh, the Bitcoin conference is about to start in Miami. Oh, yeah. So those that are going, uh, we do have CryptoLissa out there going. She's going to be supporting uh, C3 Media. That's awesome. Um, and, and typically, uh, this Bitcoin conference has traditionally been around this time of year. Uh, coincidentally, uh, they picked the right time because years prior, Bitcoin has always bounced back up around this time of year. Yeah, if we look back here, uh, I'm going to go back here and look at the history of Bitcoin real quick. Put it up on screen. That uh, one year, full the one year, full one year listing of everything that's been going on. If we look at currently, Bitcoin is what forty six thousand at this time last year. Actually, it peaked out. Let's see. Look at the chart here. April fourteenth, it peaked out at about sixty thousand dollars last year, around this time. If I were to pick the third, which is today. One year ago today, we were at $57,000 Bitcoin's value. So it's a little lower, but it is making its comeback. So, yeah. So, it, 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 I mean, I'm not saying for certain, but if Bitcoin follows the same pattern, we will see a rise in September, a drop in the middle of the summer, but a rise again at the end of the year. I don't think it'll happen. It almost never mimics exactly what the previous year did. But we can say for certain there's a lot more hedge funds involved in Bitcoin than there were before, and hedge funds do have tendencies. So we'll just have to see. We know that Bitcoin seems to follow the world news, not just the U.S. news. Anyways, um, we appreciate if you guys are watching us on YouTube or listening to us on Anchor. And if you are watching us on YouTube, we would appreciate that you... Give us a, th a thumbs up if you like the content that you are listening to, or watching, rather. Uh, hit the notification bell. We put, post every Wednesday and Sunday, and uh, you can also subscribe if you'd like. You can check us out on Discord. There's always a lot going on there. Uh, we have our C3 Media token that you can collect by joining us on Discord. You can also support us on Patreon, as well as through various cryptocurrency formats, such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, Bat, and Raven token. So I, we appreciate you listening, and we are going to continue on with the news today. So you, want to, you want to hit the first one there, the BTC miner, or do you want me to go first, since I read the beginning, John? Sure, I got it, I got it. No worries. BTC miner, prime block to go public through a $1.25 billion SPAC merger. This is written by Dimitar Zanzarov. The U.S.-based cryptocurrency mining and infrastructure startup, Prime Blockchain, Inc., Prime Block, will reportedly become a publicly traded company. The organization plans to merge with a bank check firm in a $1.25 billion deal, including debt. According to a recent Reuters coverage, Bitcoin mining company Prime Block will soon start trading as a publicly traded company on NASDAQ after securing $300 million in equity financing from an affiliate of Cantor, Fitzgerald & Company. Go public, Prime Block will merge with 10x Capital Venture Acquisition Corp. 2 VCXA.O. $1.25 billion deal is expected to be completed by the second half of 2022. The head of the combined equity will be Prime Block's Chief Executive Officer, Gaurav Budurani. The firm's intention to enter NASDAQ's via SPAC special purpose acquisition companies merger comes at a time when the SEC, well, excuse me, when the US SEC unveiled new rules for such endeavors. The watchdog requires organizations to provide additional details about their compens uh, compensation, uh, sponsors, conflicts of interest, etc. Prime Block will not be the only Bitcoin mining company listed on the online global marketplace. At the end of 2021, Terra Wolf, 
another American-based miner eyed public listing at, on NASDAQ through a business merger with the tech company Iconics Corporation. Some of the giants in the field, like Marathon Digital and Riot Blockchain, have already listed their shares for going uh, public for public trading. The former trades under the ticker MARA, and the price for a single stock hovers around twenty-eight dollars at current price levels. Riot Blockchain, I, oh, excuse me, RIOT trades at approximately twenty dollars. How do you, you feel about these uh, big uh, mining companies going public and or merging? <laughs> I think, it, uh, you know, for the people that don't want to get into blockchain, just want to stick with traditional stocks, I think it's an awesome way to get into it because uh, I looked into Riot Blockchain myself and uh, and Marathon, and they, they're, they're, they're both into crypto, and they both have the different strategies of how they uh, how they, how they make profits. One of them does, uh, I think it's Mar Marathon does uh, more GPU uh, GPU rentals. Like they, they rent they rent their, their storage, storage uh, not their stores, they rent... GPU um, equipment yeah, in Riot Blockchain actually yep. Riot Blockchain actually uh, rents uh, the warehouses, so it's like Marathon is paying Riot to house their GPUs. So okay. there's a win-win for both of them. They have their own their own business plans. So hey, you know, uh, I think like I said, going back to it for 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 people that just want to stick traditional stocks, then this is a good way to get into into crypto. You know, there's. Well, it's like an ETF, but this is a different version of it. So, yeah, you can invest in the company that's making money. Um, I, From the standpoint of a person who's seriously into crypto and owns his own farm, uh, I would say these are the big boys, the big boy version of what I'm doing. Um, and because I am 100% on board with the idea of mining for the future, I would say I would be willing to invest in these things. And uh, however you want to view that, the reason I do it is because I have a vested interest in it. So I think this is the future. And even though I'm not particularly, I guess the way I'm looking at it is I would like to be like these guys are eventually. So I'm in favor of this. <laughs> Full disclosure. <No. laughs> oh, yeah, continuing on here with this uh, fractal news by a new author. How the $35 million fractal just raised could rock the NFT space. This is an opinion editorial by Wesley Mesomore. You finding it there, John? Yeah, go ahead. I just didn't see you. Okay, there we go. Um, maybe the problem is that because Twitch lags behind, if I watch it, I'm not seeing what's happening right now. Um, so, the announcement came on April 1st, but it was no joke. Neither was the amount raised. $35 million USD, a tidy sum, Justin Can, dropped a hint of what was ahead for Fractal last month, tweeting, Yeah, I built Twitch. It has millions of users, and gaming NFTs are way bigger. <laughs> Ten days before launching the NFT marketplace on December 30th last year, Fractal announced the launch, and by the time it went live, the Fractal Discord had accumulated some 107,000 followers. According to Khan, a, it in an interview with Games Beat. <laughs> Sorry, it's a funny name. Along with Menlo Park, California-based Andreessen Horowitz, Solana Ventures, Coinbase, Animoca Brands, Play Ventures, and a whole bunch of other names, the founders of Ramp, along with many others, joined the round. Khan, however, took to Twitter to remind stakeholders that the Fractal and NFT community, as well as any 
startup entrepreneurs looking on that it's not the size of your seed round, it's what you do with it. Ha ha, uh, what's it, uh, phallic joke. <clears throat> with the crypto market in bloom, with echoes of NASDAQ of the 1990s, it's in an important admonition for both crypto investors and startup. Here's what Khan says Fractal has in works with the fresh infusion of private capital raised three months from launching. Quote, crypto never sleeps. Oh, thank God. I'm so grateful for that. Sorry. <clears throat> we're building stuff super fast, very product driven. It feels like we're defining how value is going, how value is going to be created on the internet again. So if you haven't been following along, Fractal is a marketplace for people to buy and sell and discover gaming NFTs. We've been working hard at, we, pardon me, we've been hard at work for the last three months. It has been going very well. We've been working al with a lot of gaming partners to drop sold out NFT collections, and we've have a ton more in the pipeline. And a further press release from, uh, press release from Fractal Friday specifies, Fractal is building a trust layer in the Web3 gaming ecosystem. NFT marketplaces are still the wild, wild west right now, and many teams are failing to deliver on their promises. We are working with the best AA gaming studios with large communities to bring the coolest game experiences to players, end quote. He predicts that over the next decade, blockchain assets will enable a bigger shift in online gaming than the deployment of the Twitch platform did. Khan has set a lofty goal on onboarding some 100 million cryptocurrency users by powering its NFT marketplace for blockchain-supported digital gaming assets. Fractal is powered by the Solana blockchain, a third-generation blockchain that utilizes proof-of-stake to qualify nodes to validate and secure actions on the network. That allows it a high degree of scalability and the ability to handle a large volume of transactions in a trustless peer-to-peer -peer or P2P network. Its proprietary POS, or proof-of-stake, method is dubbed proof-of-history, or POH, by Solana. Protocols uh, Tomio Geron reported Friday that the Solana's super-fast blockchain platform needs a killer app to break out of the mainstream. Specific, uh, speculating Fractal's NFT marketplace could be that app. The key to success is the endeavor, uh, in this endeavor is quality. Venture Beats' Dean Takahashi reported Friday that Khan says Fractal carefully vets applications from Web3 Games and currently has an acceptance rate of only 5% of applications for their tokens to market on its NFT clearinghouse. Some notable games clearly listing NFTs on Fractal include House of Sparta, Real-Time Strategy, Tiny Colony, Multimode, Yaku Racing, and Cinder and Necoverse, or an MMORPG. So, it's it's not to say that OpenSea itself hasn't had a lot of things, particularly from uh, the Gala chain and from um, Decentraland, and actually I think also um, uh, Mega Cryptopolis. I haven't actually seen anything from Upland on it yet, but it's good to see more... Uh, NFT, you know, exchanges offering uh, gaming, you know, items as as NFTs. So, mm -hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, it's. I think that's gonna be the transition though for for gaming. I think a lot of a lot of game gaming companies here. Uh, but I I would say that by the end of the year, if not next year, it's gonna be a whole transition into gaming where you're gonna be able to get those NFTs. Um, I th I think that's gonna be a big a big market for the gaming companies. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually quite excited about it because it's we're finally like realizing what this actually means. Like before, it was a, uh, oh great, you can put these things we don't really comprehend on this place we don't really comprehend <laughs> it's like i there was a huge backlash in the gaming space for traditional games when things like ubisoft were like hey you can do this this thing where you get a you know an nft for doing something in our games that nobody plays um and it was one way they were thinking that they could revamp their games that nobody plays right that have low uh, player count or account, you know, just numbers of people in those games. And I completely understand their perspective. They're like, hey, this is an opportunity. They can see what it was. They're in the business. But gamers felt, or a lot of gamers at least, it seems, felt uh, taken aback by this move. They're like, well, what does this really mean to us? Is this just a money grab? Because that's what it seems like what was happening with, you know, um, art collections in the NFT space on places like OpenSea with, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club. It seemed too elitist. And there are obviously elitists who play video games, but... Most gamers are not elitists. Well, I would think they aren't. Um, I guess the point I'm trying to get at is there is a validity or a value and a utility in, involved in having NFTs, not just because they're pertinent to one particular uh, you know, space, but if you have a, a, a company like Ubisoft or even Blizzard that can transfer such things between games... And then, of course, you can keep those things and sell them to other people when you leave the game. And to me, that's brilliant. It, to me, it's it's like having been a very long time World of Warcraft player, you can't really, I mean, you're not explicitly, according to the terms of service, you can't sell your, your, your uh, characters. But I think it would be amazing if when you wanted to divest yourself of all the time you spent playing that game, that you could then sell a character or equipment, or things that were difficult or impossible to get once you wanted to leave the game. Or for that matter, let's say you died, and your family wants, wants to keep your, your work going on. And it sounds insane now, because you're like, oh, come on, you know, when Prince died, his his music had value. I'm like, why, why does one person's version of work not have value, and another person's version of work have value? Why? So, so correct me if I'm wrong. The, it, people do sell their World of Warcraft items, right? Mm -hmm. And not lately. I don't play it. Not according but, to the terms of service. Yeah, but I, I, do, I do recall Mount Gox. Mount Gox initially started uh, as an exchange market specifically for people to trade uh, items on World of Warcraft, uh, either for, for Bitcoin at the time mm -hmm. um, or, you know, other, I guess, fiat and then that's where Mount Gox transitioned from just strictly uh, World, of, World, of, World of Warcraft exchange market to a Bitcoin and other coins marketplace. Mm -hmm. No, I know. I, it, I'm not saying it can't be physically done. I mean, you can technically walk into a jewelry store and take all their jewels and not pay them. It's illegal, but it can, it can be done. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, it, it, it's something can be done, but not, but shouldn't be done. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, it would be awesome, even if it's not World of Warcraft that does it. Some other game, let's say Final Fantasy, 
that's very popular now too. Um, where they find where you know, Sony Online Entertainment says, "Hey, we can do this." Yeah, I, I agree. It, this is this is the future of NFTs. Anyways, continuing on with the news. So, the US, uh, lawmakers. U.S. lawmakers introduce a bill targeted at stablecoins, written by George Georgiev. Stablecoins are cryptocurrencies that usually peg one to one to fiat currencies like the U.S. dollar. Every stablecoin in circulation supposedly that. Supposedly, there should be a $1 bill or its equivalent as redeemable in the reserves. The rising concerns regarding the security of stablecoins has caught lawmakers' attention. Of course, this doesn't apply to USDT. According to the release uh, by Senator Hergetti's office, the newly introduced bill would require stablecoins to be backed by government securities with maturities less than 12 months uh, or U.S. dollars requires stablecoins issuers to publicly release audited reports of the reserves that are ex executed by third-party auditors. Hmm. The so-called Stablecoin Transparency Act is a clear indicator that American lawmakers are stepping up to hold the $180 billion industry in accountability and transparency. I actually like that idea, but there's always a loophole or an earmark in, exactly. uh, installed exactly. in, in those acts. So let's continue on and see what happens here. Transparency regarding stablecoins issuers has been growing has been a growing issue in the industry as Tether, the centralized entity is that issued USDT, has been called out for its deliberate concealments over the reserve status. As outlined in the release, the bill would equip regulatory bodies with the power to regulate the stablecoin industry out of existence or to impose onerous requirements on stablecoin issuers. Representative Hollingsworth. So when they say they're not going to do that, most, most likely that's what they're trying to do. Exactly. Representatives Hollingsworth revealed that the purpose of the bill was not to stifle technology innovations. It's always the opposite. And that the bill would give the industry an idea of what the regulatory compliances would be like in the future. Other, the largest stablecoin by market cap has been caught in a series of criticism due to its lack of transparency regarding the status of its reserve. USDT is supposedly backed by the basket of liquid assets, yet the company has failed to disclose where the commercial papers come from on multiple occasions due to privacy concerns. As of last July, it came to be a controversy that Circle, the company behind USDC, only held 61% of reserves in cash and cash equivalents, according to a report by Grant Thornton. A month later, Circle made a U-turn by aggressively converting its reserve entirely to cash and short durations U.S. treasuries, a move that aimed to reassure that USDC community. Uh, as reported by Crypto Potato, Circle would hold its roughly $50 billion worth of reserves with the Bank of New York Mellon, one of the oldest banks in America. Well, good for you, USDC. And I and I personally, um, DC. Yeah, USDT, I stay away from USDC, what I use. I can, I can see why. It's like, you know that if you have, let's say, a small branch bank of a much larger bank, let's say Wells Fargo or B of A, that's Bank of America, those don't live here. Um, Bank of America, any of these larger banks in the U.S., <clears throat> the local branches do not keep on hand enough cash to cash out every single account they have. It's just not something that the U.S. demands that they have. And so I can see why Circle will be like, well, we're, you know, we'll keep 
60% of $180 billion on hand at all times, because that's ridiculous. But they did turn tail and change. Like, okay, well, we'll keep it all in hand. But I mean, it's because well, I'm it's, not mistaken. Circle, it's a security. A right? circle, I think, is trying to be is trying to be is trying to follow regulations. Is trying to get yep. uh, is trying to be more connected with the government and trying to do things more in a compliant way so they can be utilized by government agencies in the future. Is what is what I'm looking at. They've really been pushing a lot for uh, uh, for government backed uh, support. And I'm and, and DT on the other on the other end is 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 absolutely not. They're trying to just it, it, they're, they're not really being compliant with 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 American governments. I don't maybe other countries, but not American governments. Um, and there's just been a lot of um, question marks about what USDT has been doing mm -hmm. uh, with their funds, because it sounds like from what I recall, it was like 20 to 30 percent of actually ca of actual cash. So it's like fractional reserves. Just pretty much, what's the difference from from USDT to uh, to the actual dollar? You know, but no. I mean, the main. I thought the main reason of having stable coins within the crypto market was because you could transfer them and not not run into the regulatory issues that the U.S. dollar has. Hmm. You know, if you're trying to move a couple million dollars uh, between a non-stable coin like Bitcoin and a not in a stable coin like USDT, trying to, to move that much cash to US dollars themselves is challenging to say the least. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, people who are trading, particularly those who are trading on places like Coinbase on a regular basis, even if it's a bot trade, it's it's an attempt to, I mean, if you tried to trade, trade US dollars, you have tons of regulation. I, I get their reasoning. Just if they're going to call it a security, or if it's going to be called a security, they need to follow the same rules that securities follow. So, <clears throat> continuing on. With the news, Arthur Hayes gives his end-of-year prediction for Ethereum price. Well, I thought Ethereum was going to change uh, in June, not in December. <laughs> for the former BitMEX CEO explained, or rather, the former BitMEX CEO explained to his readers why in 2022 will be a big year for Ethereum. He considers that the network, after its transition to proof-of-stake consensus, <clears throat> will function as a commodity-linked bond. In contrast, the former CEO called Bitcoin pure money that intrinsically yields nothing. He sees Ethereum, <laughs> I don't know why, but I guess he owns a lot of it. By the way, this is George Georgiev, I forgot to mention. Uh... Hey sees Ethereum as an investment better than not only Bitcoin, but other L1 protocols, which are mostly overvalued. Plus, the transition scheduled to occur in the summer of this year will be the game changer that puts Ethereum ahead of its competitors. Arthur Hayes, the co-founder of BitMEX, which we already said, didn't shy away from this deep conviction on Ethereum in the most recent blog post. He stated that target allocation for 2022 will be 25% Bitcoin and 75% ETH. We shall see. This came the after the prior allocation at 50% BTC and 50% ETH at the beginning of this year. Hayes has such an adjustment partly, uh, made such an adjustment partly because he saw Bitcoin as money while the post-merged ETH as a commodity-linked bond, which we, again, already said. Quote, ETH is a commodity used to power the computer, not a pure monetary instrument, end quote. In terms of the yield from staking Ethereum, 
Hayes quoted the analysis completed by Justin Drake, an ETH researcher who projected stakers could see an APR of around 8 to 11.5% after the transition. Hayes outlined that for a five-year ETH local currency bond, ETH slash USD price, would have to decline nearly 30% after five years, assuming an 11.5% yearly <coughs> yield for investors to lose money. For hedging the risk of buying this ETH bond, investors can choose to sell a one-year ETH USD forward futures contract, Hayes wrote. Quote, the broker quoted me a mid-market premium of 6.9%. That means to hedge my local currency ETH bond, I actually receive income, end quote. To institutional Bitcoin holders like Michael Saylor, who er, issued corporate bonds to purchase Bitcoin, Hayes recommended that they should issue debt and purchase Ether instead. The reasoning behind it was he saw at a boring stonk <laughs> buying ETH will naturally be branded as a metaverse and DeFi company, which can help, oh, yeah, which can help hype the stock price. Issuing ETH bonds, meanwhile, is a positive carrying trade to the company. Due to the proof-of-stake mechanism being much more environmentally friendly than the proof-of-work mechanism, Hayes argued ETH bonds can attract ESG funds that, and are immune from regulatory concerns. Well, at least they are right now. Hayes' bullish <coughs> take on Ethereum also derives from his analysis on major Ethereum killers on the market. Ethereum has the largest number of developers compared to other L1 protocols, while this price-developer ratio shows that Ethereum has the lowest score among all competitors. Quote, Ethereum has approximately 4,000 developers, which is a 3x larger than the chain, which the second largest cohort of devs, Polkadot, which has the second largest cohort of devs. Okay. Also, looking at the price to total locked value and price slash address ratio, Hayes concluded that Ethereum is the least expensive with concrete performance that positions itself as a great investment against other smart contract platforms, expecting ETH to significantly outperform any L1 chain that is promoted as faster and cheaper than Ethereum. Hayes has set the pr price target for Ethereum in 2022 at $10,000. Uh, there's obviously a lot of, of um, speculative and, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, technical speak in this article and so if anyone was confused by what was said well, I apologize um, personally I disagree with uh, Hayes but I also disagree partially with his original CEO position <laughs> he's uh, to, to say he's outspoken is an understatement but uh, to say that he's right is also well actually I would say to say he's right is an overstatement um I'm not saying ETH isn't going to perform, but it's still stupidly expensive. And if, and I know a lot of people have said that when it goes to proof of stake, that cost will come down drastically. But the problem that John and I have said countless times, and I think, and I still personally believe, is once you go to proof of stake, there's n there's nothing really blocking the system from being taken, having a hostile takeover. So, you need proof of work. It's absolutely required. And I think that's the biggest defense of why there's so much uh, energy consumption being utilized to to secure the proof of proof of work mechanism. Um, being proof of stake, obviously uh, people are still using electricity, 
uh, but they utilize the nodes and normally um, big companies that have a lot of money can buy up those nodes for a fraction of the price and pretty much dominate the network. Yeah. Unlike with proof of work, well, anybody can jump on the network. And on top of that, by the way, a proof of stake, maybe you need a minimum threshold like, you know, um, was it 33 ETH? What was it? I forgot 32. what the minimum it's 32 was. ETH. Yeah. 30, 32 ETH. Yeah. yeah. I don't think the average person has that right now, but yeah. uh, you know, when it comes to proof of work, anybody can jump into the network. With one single graphics card, you can jump on and start mining ETH with proof of stake or proof of work, pardon me, right now. But when it goes <clears throat> fully to proof, pardon me, <coughs> pardon, <coughs> just a second. So when it goes to proof of proof of stake, you know, especially when it goes up to ten thousand dollars, that's a lot of money. They're, they're, no, that's just corporations at that point that are just going to be buying up the Ethereum. Yeah. And uh, buying, up, uh, buying these nodes. Just to do a, a quick little run through here, let's see here. The current price of ETH is $3,500 times 32. That's $112,000 if you want to own a node in the new proof of stake ETH network. Like, I, I don't have that much. I don't even make that much in a year. So, how do I take. Doesn't. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't, but I'm just saying, how do you take. I mean, yes, there are a lot of people in the early days of ETH who probably still have. You know, a cup thirty-two or more ETH left in their, in their account, but but that's but that's that's putting into into the mindset of people that are already in the network, already exactly. in the crypto bubble. Exactly. You know, we're we're talking about future adoption of mm -hmm. trying to uh, trying mm -hmm. to uh, integrate or trying to yeah. add more people into the network. Just just as another plug, and I'm I'm probably never going to stop doing this. Um, Here it comes. The, the, yeah, the Dynamo network was always <laughs> going to offer proof of stake and proof of work indefinitely, unless until somebody votes it out, if ever. Um, but the reason I think that I like that idea in general was there's no way, no reasonably obvious way to, to take over the network because there's always going to be a proof of stake and there's always going to be a proof of work. So if you did manage well, to take those, over 50% of both of those, you'd so devalue the the the... the, the so depreciate the value of your coin that would be no point in doing it so 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 from my understanding those are actually separated networks um, one of them is for um, maintaining um, data on your local drives would be the proof of proof of stake network but for the uh, dynamo coin network the mining aspect that would be proof of work right but I'm just saying that there's no way to overtake the network with with by buying up more than 50% of both because you would so devalue the, the point of the coin that there'd be no point in doing it. So. Mm. Yeah. Right. Let's see where we at. Oh, yeah, Steppen. I remember Steppen. Actually, I've been talking to these guys in Steppen. It blows my mind uh, that these guys um, are, are spiked up to 31,000% in just 30 days. So unbelievable. So I talked to these guys actually probably right when they came out. It was the first week when they came out. Um, and the entry fee the entry uh you, you got to buy sneakers through the through uh through the platform mm -hmm. in order to utilize step in which if you ever used um any kind of um uh run, runners app you know yep. that's pretty much what step in is but it's in it's on blockchain uh but in order to utilize their network you got to buy the sneakers and that's mm -hmm. pretty much how they do uh oh, that's how they do um internal funding that's how they're yep. able to fund yep. their network i appreciate uh, which is nice but uh but uh considering that it's in ethereum the transaction fee one's a lot considering that it's an erc20 token two um uh actually i think it's an erc7721 right i think it's uh, like an nft um and number two 
the the price of entry is already high as well i forgot how much it was i think it was like 500 bucks or a thousand dollars something like that i'm like oh, i don't know man i don't know if i'm gonna be. and on top of that you can only utilize oh my microphone just fell down oh no <laughs> <laughs> my microphone um <clears throat> excuse me you gotta tighten up those joints that, every now and then dude. <laughs> yeah on top of that um the sneakers only last so long you can only use them for so many uh, rounds of, of running yeah. so hopefully you get the most out of your running and um yeah i'm gonna go ahead and pause and my microphone i'll be right back yeah well it's it's an interesting idea in general i guess to me because it it, it makes a physical object tied to an nft within it you know you have to own this physical object in order to participate so in a sense it's kind of like proof of work although instead of proof of work in the sense of it being a physical thing like the shoes will continue to be usable until they i guess they physically wear out and that's technically true of gpus gpus do physically wear out over a period of time it might be a decade but they still do wear out or they may not become practical anymore like with older gpus that only have one or two megabytes uh, or gigabytes of ram on them you can't use them to mine ethereum anymore because the dag file is too large um but uh yeah so there there's a there's a i don't know if it's a deliberately planned obsolescence but it's in the sense of buying shoes to participate with this move to earn you have to continue running in order to earn. Um, but, I mean, you could just buy the shoes and hold on to them indefinitely, right? Which, which let me tell you right now, the guy that's uh, that's running the thing, uh, running Steppen, that dude is a huge influencer in, in when it comes to just running and how. This guy is literally running 5Ks a day and doing meetups. So when you're jumping into the, like the Twitch uh, Twitter spaces, um, he's literally talking to everybody in the community with answers on top of his head. He just running. You want the answer to this? Boom, he's able to answer it. So he's very confident in what he's trying to build. And I think that just that's proof there at 31,000% going up in 30 days. So there he goes. Congratulations to that guy. That uh, Actually, let's try to get his name in here. Let's see. I'm sure it's in here somewhere. That's on Binance. I don't see it in the article. <laughs> I don't see his name on there either. Stepping official. Uh, yeah, he's one of the, he's one of the devs. Yeah, it's it's a neat concept. One of the devs. I mean, I, it, to me, this yeah. is the one of the w ways that uh, a unique utilization of blockchain. It's not just for money. It's it has a further purpose, and I really appreciate his intent, if nothing else. You know, it's it's not like Axie uh, Infinity where you're 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 playing the game. And uh, in, in, in participating in that manner. Um, so what move... people are doing now is uh, you can you can refurbish. From what I understand, you can refurbish the the used shoes. Mm -hmm. So once people jump into the network and and use their brand new shoes, they'll sell them on the secondhand market for you know either a fraction of the price. But considering that there's a limited amount of shoes that you can purchase, like first generation Jordans, second generation whatever whatever shoes they have, right? Um, there's only a limited supply of each each uh, series of shoes. So if you want a certain series and you want you, which can possibly make you uh, have you earn more more of the uh, exactly if it's uh, an NFT, token. which means if you buy the shoes early enough on, somebody wants those shoes from an earlier set. You're like, well, I happen to own a pair. You know? <laughs> they're li they're a little used, but yeah, but guess what? Yeah, those things are selling for even more than what they originally paid for, which is kind of cool, man. Yeah, it is. Right, let's it's, go ahead and move it's on forward. Natural uh, in inflation value. So yeah. so that guy that guy that built the, the whole gamification on on Steppen, awesome. 
Awesome stuff. All right. Continue. Yeah, I just want to read the title on this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I just want to read the title on this. Uh, Indian authorities arrest another suspect accused of $160 million crypto fraud case. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Hey, Indian authorities, you guys did it again. You guys yeah. are you guys are doing Good. wonderful Glad things. You caught Keep another crypto fraud person. Okay. Continue on with Ripple. And this Ripple. Is this is uh, Ripple co-founder donates uh, $5 million to environmental campaign against Bitcoin mining. Uh, Andrew Thorovalas. Chris Larson, an angel investor and co-founder of Ripple, is funding an environmental campaign to change Bitcoin's code. Bum, bum, bum. Mm -hmm. Using his funds, a consortium of environmental groups will run ads across major newspapers to convince miners, software developers, and others to drop the network's proof-of-work consensus mechanism. To be clear, the environmental lobby seeks to end Bitcoin itself, but, sorry, excuse me, seeks not to end Bitcoin itself, but to see it shift towards a less energy-intensive security model. Former Sierra Club director Michael Brune, who is advising the campaign, claims that Bitcoin is contributing too much to global warming in light of the severity of climate change. Quote, It's important for anyone in a position to act, to act, he said. As reported by the Wall Street Journal, you can't ignore that we're in a climate uh, emergency. Bitcoin is, uh, Bitcoin's proof-of-work requires networks to compete at solving a highly difficult math problem for permissions to create the next block. The winner is rewarded with newly minted Bitcoin, as well as proceeds from the network's recent transaction fees. To solve the problem's fastest, miners must spend more computational energy than their com uh, competitors. Overall, the mechanism's purpose is to make it costly for users to propose a block in the first place, incentivizing them to propose blocks in line with the network's rules. The nature of this competition has spurred the growth of Bitcoin mining farms across the globe. These farms' collections of computers purpose-built for, uh, for Bitcoin mining cumulatively consumes 136.79 terawatts uh, an hour of electricity per year, more than all of Norway. This has raised concerns among the environmentally conscious in crypto, business, and politics alike, including Chris Larson. The Ripple co-founder wrote an op-ed last year advocating for Bitcoin to shift to a lower energy validation method. Now he's pledged $5 million to the new campaign against Bitcoin mining, adding that nearly $90 million he's donated to other environmental causes. The campaign will be driven by Greenpeace USA, Environmental Working Group, and others to place ads in publications including New York Times, Politico, and the Wall Street Journal. The ads will call out Bitcoin's environmental impact alongside specific industry leaders and figureheads. Some include Tesla CEO Elon Musk, Block founder Jack Dorsey. Musk began accepting payments for Tesla cars in Bitcoin last year, but ended the program precisely due to environmental concerns. Since then, he has noted Bitcoin mining's greatest uh, greater transition to renewable energy and let, left the door open to a, to, a, to possibly accepting Bitcoin again. On the other hand, figures like Jack Dorsey has been actively working on ways for average people to mine Bitcoin from home. Larson's goal is ambitious to be sure. He does not believe that more miners moving to renewable energy will be enough. In a thread on the subject, he argues that the incentives of the industry will always lead to some choosing to use oil and coal which he deems unacceptable. Quote, Bitcoiners, I know many of you uh, may not believe this, but I'm not trying to work against you here, he stated. 
However, a code change of such magnitude would be unprecedented, unprecedented, unprecedented for Bitcoin. <laughs> the network has transition has tradition of upgrading quite rarely uh, and using backward compatible softworks at that. Multiple Bitcoin hard forks attempts, including Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin POS, have all failed to compete against the original chain. There are also worthy questions questions about whether miners will be willing to back an upgrade that negates their entire business model. Larson proposes that new Bitcoin continues to be distributed to miners freely after the fork based on a snapshot of the current hash rate before it occurs. Ethereum has also used proof of work consensus mechanisms until now, but plans to move away from it by July. The new mechanism will be proof of stake, which rewards transaction fees for the larger stakers excuse me, large stakers, underscore, highlight, bold, of ETH on the chain, rather than the biggest energy consumers. Larson makes clear that this effort is entirely his own and not on behalf of Ripple. Oh, okay, so it's All not right. Ripple. Okay. They just titled the article he, about that he's the co-founder of Ripple. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he is the pretty much... He's he's leading the campaign, and because he has a lot of money, he can pay people off to 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 make this movement happen. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all right. So I will I'll at least agree with him that I'm not super fond of the immense amount of use of power. I, I, I agree with that. The but, but my my contrast statement to that is, what about all the other industries that use power? Oh, Why are they industry. not being scrutinized? Oh. Why doesn't everybody use electricity? Oh, they do. Well, what about Tesla? Oh, 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 everybody uses electricity. Is is that bad? Is using electricity bad? Oh. No, it's actually fucking brilliant. Pardon my French, but it is the thing that makes our society function. There's so many things. Should we get rid of the porn industry because it uses so much power? It uses so much power. People watching videos all the time and using lights to do their shows. And maybe we should get rid of Hollywood because it uses tons of power. What? More movies. <laughs> YouTube? Oh, no. Yeah, gosh. There's so many things that use electricity. They should just stop because they're, you know, they're not doing anything of value. Oh, wait, they are? What? What? Are you talking so, about a decentralized global currency that nobody can manipulate i mean you yeah. can there's there's i guess there's a way to gamify it but yeah. in all sense being decentralized yeah. really decentralized that's that's bitcoin yeah. now I the guess... scary thing is that this man this man does have money he is going to influence a lot of people mm -hmm. and he is going to push push this campaign forward mm -hmm. now i think i believe with that undoubtedly if more people read Satoshi's white paper, which I think true Bitcoiners have read multiple times, all truly support the, the true Bitcoin proof of work mechanisms and will never, ever consider proof of stake. Keep in mind that, say, for example, you finally have freedom using Bitcoin. Nations like, for example, we're in the States. We don't really have to really be concerned about that. But there's other, you know, um, countries where you don't have that freedom with your own finances. But now that, you, that now that Bitcoin exists, you can actually have financial freedom with it. Now, moving over to proof of stake, people like Larson saying, hey, I got billions. Guess what? We've already transitioned Bitcoin over to proof of stake. 
I'm just going to invest ten billion dollars into buying all these nodes and be able to 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 manipulate the the chain yep. by by owning 40, 50 percent of of the of the network. That's how um, what's his name from uh, uh, oh man, I forgot his name. Um, all right, just describe think, him think, think, rather think, than think, talking think. about who he is. Was um, it was from from a uh, uh, like a social media platform that was on blockchain, and uh, library. Oh, wow. Minds. Uh no, it was before mines. It was like one of the originals. Okay, but your point um, is that somebody bought bought up all the coin, or all the blockchain yeah, and then he, that was involved he, with it, and then he could do whatever he wanted with it because he owned it all. And that's pretty much that's pretty much what it did. He he changed he changed a lot of a lot of the game uh, game features within. Within the social within the social media platform that was on blockchain, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of people from the community got really upset. Ended up forking off the chain and creating their own their own uh, token and uh, their own network and moved away from it. Yep. So he pretty much just burned his own bridge with the community. Yeah, exactly. So this, I mean, yes, I I, I can't. I'm not 100% certain that uh, Larson would actually try to own the entire thing. He might try to take a serious chunk of it. Um, there have been. Uh, people within other large companies out there who have you know decided that they didn't like the way that the, the ceo was doing the work that they were doing and so they, they got a bunch of their buddies together bought up a majority share or majority stake in that company and um they said this is now ours and we need you to leave and that's it's happened so it's you know it's a hostile takeover but it, it it's absolutely possible and they even demonstrated that in a dow recently so uh, where somebody voted themselves all, you know, 95% of all the coins in the DAO and then sold them. So it's like the whole point, I mean, it's almost like checks and balances within the U.S. government. The whole point of having proof of work is that anyone can control it and it is fully decentralized. The more we go toward centralization, the more we get away from the whole point of Bitcoin. Steam it. Steam it? Oh, yes, I remember. Yep. So, All right. it's, a, it's a forewarning. Continuing on with the news, we're going to go to the Intel Arc article here. Intel Arc GPU Moore's Law and Crypto Mining in 2022. This author, uh, this article from Wesley uh, Messamore. Intel's new gaming chip is now available on laptops, and it's being hailed by some of the crypto industry as a major disruption to the crypto mining, mining hash race. Here's a short primer on Moore's Law from Intel. Quote, in 1965, Gordon Moore made a prediction that would set the pace for a modern digital revolution. From careful observation of an emerging trend, Moore extrapolated that computing would dramatically increase in power and decrease in relative cost at an exponential pace, end quote. Will the inexorable march of Moore's Law lead to the swift democratization of hash power in cryptocurrency networks? With home gaming computers and consoles making massive earnings, spinning away at the Shaw 256 questions when they're not busy casually visu <laughs> visually lush, visually lush and simulating simulated environments for players to go pew pew. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> yes. Here's what we're on we're at on the consumer gaming hash power curve today. The first round of Intel Arc new arc graphic chips dropped this week though for now at least the most powerful new line of graphic processors the arc 3s are out for sale to the mass market still the entry-level line of arc chips is twice the speed of intel's integrated xe graphics processors pc world uh, pc world's brad caucus thusly hailed the available 
the avail, pardon me, the arrival of the Santa Clara, California company's new GPU, the graphics card duopoly ended this week. That is between NVIDIA and AMD. For the first time in decades, we're starting staring at a th true three-way battle for gaming supremacy. Yes, Intel makes discrete graphic cards now. Per a recent report, according to their data, Intel ACM G10, previously referred to as the uh, other word, word salad here, or letter salad rather, DG2512EU, is a 406 millimeter, or millimeter squared in size, and has a 21.7 billion transistors. Both values are bigger than AMD's Navi 22 and NVIDIA's GA104, supposedly the main competitors for the ARC GPU. End quote. The GPU wars are heated, heating up now, but the technology is not only useful for incredible video gaming graphics or visualizing roadways for autonomous vehicles. It also played a pitiful, pitiful role in the global economics of cryptocurrency industry's ever-going hash race. That's a new word I've never heard anyone said before. The hash race. The hash race. Unless you pony up for an ASIC, an application-specific integrated chip or circuit, um, custom designed to do nothing more than solve the SHA-256 or any other script hashing problems, or commonly used standard in various proof-of-work mining cryptocurrency core implementations, the most practical consumer solution for mining cryptocurrency at homes is still GPUs. Because, the way, because of the way graphics processing units, or GPUs, are architect, they architected, that's a really weird word, they are faster at solving these problems than CPUs, or otherwise central processing units, since we're intent on spelling the words out. And in cryptocurrency mining, speed is everything. A Satoshi would have it, the node, as Satoshi would have it, pardon me, the nodes that keep the blockchain books in order on crypto networks are all in a literal race to be the one to solve the hash problem as at some expenditure of electricity and computational cycles qualifying the winning node to be the one to validate, sign, and place the next block of the transactions on the chain, and the award, and award the winning miner a newly minted bit of internet money. It's such a weird way of saying all that, but I guess it makes sense. In the case of Bitcoin, there's a winner every 10 minutes ever since Satoshi blockchain launched in 2009. But to play, the miner has to have and should secure a device with the minimum of system requirements to run a full node. As of last year, there were, was initially some concern that Intel might build in a crypto mining defeater, such as software lockout to prevent using the chip to process requests from Bitcoin Core. Intel's senior vice presidents, Raja Koduri and Roger Chandler, put to rest in an interview with Gadget360, saying they wouldn't block crypto mining on their GPUs. It's not a priority for us, Chandler said. So, uh, selling part GPUs is a priority. Say one more time. I didn't, I didn't catch all you said. Uh, sell, selling GPUs is the priority. It's, it's the money. They're they're interested in the in the the production of the hardware. I don't think this is kind of the way that Bitmain took it when they first started producing ASICs. Um, and there's plenty of other companies out there. Silicon um, was it? You know, Silicon was another one. Um, but they're all about, you know, building the hardware or being the Levi of the of the uh, Levi Strauss, being the Levi of um, 
of crypto mining. They're like, no, we don't care about the coin. We only care about making the tools for the coin. So yeah. All right, a All couple right, more uh, titles article. here. Um, I'm just gonna read a couple more titles here. Uh, Goldman Sachs is preparing to offer cryptocurrency investments this, the uh, services this year. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, sure, we'll follow up. But well, yeah, yeah, we'll follow that. Crypto exchange Bitmex fails to acquire German bank. There's a report on that. You guys can read that up. If you guys want. That was from uh, two days ago. And I will read something quite interesting. Continuing on with uh, CBDCs. Make introduce its CBDC to support those who are financially excluded. Written by Dimitar Zanzarov. This was written two days ago. The Central Bank of Jamaica doubled down on its plans to design a digital version of its national currency. The institution claimed that the financial uh, financial product will benefit a considerable percentage of the residents who do not have access to basic monetary services. Jamaica's, it, Jamaica is yet another nation that pursues the launch of a central bank digital currency. In February this year, the central bank announced that everything was ready for the release of, it, of the product. The institution even chose a name for its CBDC, Jamdex. In a recent interview, committee chair and deputy governor of the Bank of Jamaica, Natalie Haynes, explains that the purpose of the upcoming digital currency is to aid those Jamaicans who are financially excluded from the monetary network. Quote, we still have a large percentage of the population that remains outside of the former, uh, of, yeah, the formal financial systems, the financially, uh, the financially included. What? Okay. The executive further outlined that the launch of Jamdex aims to digitally transform the entire economy of the island nation. In her view, the financial report will be appealing to those who are keen on using electronic methods of payments such as credit and debit cards. The majority of those people had also found the usage of cash to be burdensome or in some cases dangerous, Haynes said. Haynes added. Subsequently, she revealed that the Bank of Jamaica will conduct additional tests on its CBDC during April to ensure fluency in the transactions. The deputy governor raised hopes that all issues will be clear in the next four weeks, while Jamdex should be introduced to the broad society in the upcoming months. Once accomplished, the Jamaican digital currency will become the third project in the Caribbean Sea area. The Bahamas launched its sand dollar in 2020, while Dcash, introduced in 2021, is the CBDC of the following countries. Antigua and Bar Barbuda, uh, Gran Granada, uh, St. Kitts and Neves, St. Lucia and St. Vincent, and the Grenadines. Earlier this month, the Jamaican government said it will spread awareness and bolster the employment of Jamdex by airdropping $16, equivalent to 2,500 Jamaican dollars, to the first 100,000 citizens who set up a CBDC wallet by after April 1st, which was just started about two days ago. So cool. Dr. Nigel Clark, Minister of Finance, said that the initiative's main objective is to encourage locals to use the product as an option to conduct transactions. He added that the government seeks to incentivize businesses to create wallets and incorporate Jamdex in their everyday operations. The more bars, shops, and vendors accept the CBDC, the more widespread its usage will be, Clark surmised. And that's te technically how it goes. I mean, what's the point of having a tool if it's not being used, right? Exactly. So, wish them all the best. Yeah, no, I'm grateful that uh, more com more smaller nations uh, to some... to to the majority of the degree that it's happening is smaller nations are glomming onto the concept of CBDCs, but in, in a sense, uh, 
the CBDC concept as a whole, despite it not being decentralized, since obviously it, it's literally intended to be used by a government, <laughs> um, which is not typically decentralized, it's not terribly a bad idea. It's nice to see a unified concept utilized. Everybody has some kind of fiat cur currency in their country, right? Um, well, for the most part, unless they use the U.S. dollar. <laughs> um, but then they get to kind of control their own coin and make it universally accessible. And just because it's the coin used explicitly for Jamaica doesn't mean other people can't buy into it. And I think this gives those countries an opportunity to have outside investment, which they know they want, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it, it, it would be nice to have, in my opinion... And maybe I'm just not, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. I'm not actually thinking about the full ramification of what I'm saying. To have a universal coin that wasn't necessarily Bitcoin, that was accessible and inexpensive to transfer between all countries of the world and could not be controlled by any of them. Now, I know that's the point of Bitcoin, but Bitcoin's value currently fluctuates against all other coins. What I mean is something that was worth one, not one US dollar, not one euro, not one, you know, whatever Jamaica's currency is, but just was worth one across all nations. Now, it will never be that way, as far as I can tell, unless, in fact, I don't even know if, if it were, if, if we became like some kind of, you know, world coin that was just used worth one, but how it would, it, it would have to trade because each economy is different, right? In fact, this is the thing that kind of weirds me out with the US. Every state isn't as wealthy as the next state. California, Texas, Illinois, and, and New York, are, I'll even include, include Florida in that. The economies of those five states are much larger and much more valuable than that of, let's say, Montana or Nebraska. And I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm just saying there's a lot more uh, commerce going on in those states than there are in, in the other smaller, less populated states. And so I would think that the economies of those states would be the way it is and you see it in Europe, right? The France, uh, the French franc and the British pound aren't worth the same. But everybody agreed, at least until the UK left the European Union, that they were going to use <clears throat> the euro. But even still, the local currency, like the Deutsch uh, in, in uh, um, Germany, wasn't worth what the euro was worth explicitly it was worth pretty close to it because euro you know germany was the one that set it up but um the franc in in france and the pound in britain were not always worth one to one with the euro so depending upon the local economy it's not always going to be the same value right this is i mean this is why we see in california currently with the the gas price hike that the price is anywhere between five and seven dollars in California, and if you go to Pennsylvania, it's like three fifty. Like why? Oh, it's because their economy's smaller, and it's glaringly obvious. So, the difference with Jamaica or El Salvador or Greece or Japan or China—it's all going to be different. Well, what's, what's interesting about all these countries uh, starting up their CBDC is that they're technically doing a UBI. They're, no one's saying it. <laughs> But they're making these nations, these 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 uh, citizens of these nations, dependent on these CBDCs to 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 live. A, 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 I don't want to say a decent, be able to survive. From what I from what I understand, yeah. these nations are 
the citizens in these nations are just trying to survive, so they're willing to immediately adopt these CBDCs and utilize the government's money. Mm-hmm. Now, that's that's a UBI in my opinion. You, you know, you you get an airdrop. I mean, even the stimuluses that are going out, it's called a stimulus. We've been getting stimulus here in the states for for a while now, for what a couple of years, right? Yep. Yep. Everyone's been getting stimulus. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's wouldn't you call that a UBI? Well, I mean, but it, uh, it's not it's not a month to month. It's not a month to month. If it's not a month to month, it's not a UBI. Um, okay, it's, fine. It's a introduction to a UBI. Uh, that's yeah, universal basic income. That's... If you guys don't know what UBI stands for. Um, and I so. think that's where a lot of these countries are testing out. They're they're trying to figure out. Uh, that's the scary thing about government is that there's always two sides of the store uh, mm-hmm. of, of the sword, right? Yeah. There's the good side where you know what we want to try to help you be able to get out of poverty, mm-hmm. but at the same time we want to be able to control you more because mm-hmm. if you disobey us, we'll just cut you off from your own from your own uh, funds. Yep. So now that you're you're connected to the I network, and now we have social credit. Receiving a UBI wouldn't just depend upon the UBI 100%. They would use it as a supplement. So, um, well, I, I hope I hope that is an absolute true statement because I, I truly want to agree with you on that. But I think the reality is that people don't think that far ahead and don't truly understand <laughs> what what what's what's going on behind the scenes, behind the curtain, behind <sighs> the right. behind right. the behind Oz's curtain. No, you're right because maybe I just choose to believe that people are, are more thoughtful than they actually are. So, I want I want to believe, even if I'm wrong. So, anyways, uh, that's all the news we got for today, and uh, we appreciate yep. if you've gotten this far along in the uh, show, we appreciate that you could give us maybe a thumbs up to help us with the YouTube algorithm and any other format that you're listening on us. We appreciate your, your listening to the show to this point, and uh, we just want to remind you that we have a uh, Discord channel as well as a Patreon, and if you would like to donate, as you can see here, actually I'm not showing it much to the link to the coin tree. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different ways of donating, not just the ways I mentioned in the past. And there's a whole bunch of different links we have on our coin tree, which coin tree is explicitly for people who are crypto enabled or crypto favorable. So uh, yeah. let's just uh, get to the end point here. And I will say, you want to do the outro for us, John, or shall I do it? Yeah, Jake. Yeah. With, with that said, Jake, I'm, I'm actually heading off to vacation. So it's all you for the crypto cool. out there. Jake is taking over like he's, he has been. He's doing, been doing a great job. I'm heading over to Mexico. I'll be gone for two weeks. Uh, I'll try to poke in from time to time. But with that said, Kryptonauts, until next time, stack sats and huddle. Adios.